0: Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the incredible news. The incredible news that you choose to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Father, we want to hear it every day. We want to just know it every day. That we don't face this life alone, but you're here, you're with us. So as we gather this morning in a time of worship, we ask just... Make that presence known. Touch each of our hearts and our minds in whatever way we need this morning. Let your spirit just work in our lives. Father, we don't always feel like we measure up. This morning we ask that you would just take us as we are and work in such a way that we can become people who honor you with our lives. Bless this time, we ask, humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. you go ahead and have a seat this morning while uh, call by name takes a seat? And uh, remember, Kids Camp, of course, is underway if you want to take advantage of that. Well, we're in a series called uh, Have a Merry uh, Messy Christmas, and today we're talking about uh, uh, messed-up uh, housing few years ago, I don't remember exactly, but a few years ago, uh, uh, Jill and I took a vacation and uh, uh, we went down to uh, Miami and um, we left on a Sunday. So, uh, you know, the way that works in my life is if we go anywhere on a Sunday, it's it's late in the day before we, we get down to the airport to get anywhere. You know, I'm kind of busy Sunday morning, uh, so it kind of takes that out of the play, right? And uh, I can't just kind of slough it off. So, uh You know, we get to the airport, we get on the plane. Well, the net result, we're flying to Miami. So we don't get down to Miami local time until like uh, 11.30 p.m. is when our plane lands. And uh, keep in mind, I'm usually here at Sunday at like 6 a.m., so kind of a long day, right? Kind of tired, kind of exhausted. We get there at 11.30 and, you know, get our bags and we go get on the hotel shuttle and we make our way to the hotel and was kind of looking forward to the hotel because I kind of splurged a little bit and we got a you know, fancy four-star hotel to stay in. It was only one night, so I went down and kind of splurged a little bit. Well, we get to the hotel. Remember, it's now, you know, almost midnight when when we get there. And I get out of the shuttle, and I start to go through those glass doors, and I knew right away we were in trouble because there was a line in front of the registration counter. And and it wasn't just the line at 1130 at night that kind of gave me a tip-off that we were in trouble, but... It was the people in the line, and in particular, the person at the counter that was kind of raising their voice already. And, of course, we waited in line patiently and got to our turn and heard the news that, uh, sorry, uh, no rooms. So the, uh, the uh, opportunity was put before us, and they said, well, now, there's no rooms here, but we've made arrangements for another hotel. And you can either take our shuttle and, and go to that hotel Uh, or we'll gladly refund your money. Okay, it's now about 12.15 in the morning. Which choice do you guys take? Huh? Let's see. Sidewalk, room somewhere. Okay, so it's room somewhere. So we get in the shuttle, and uh, off we go. I don't know anything about Miami. So off we go in the shuttle. It's about, I don't know, 10, 15-minute ride. And, And, you know, I was feeling okay. I was really exhausted, feeling okay about it, whatever it happens. And uh, until I started watching out the window, and I, I noticed the neighborhood we were entering into, the, the the doors started having bars on them, right? And the windows started having bars on them. And then I started reading these signs out in front of stores that said, like, pawn shop and, uh, you know, quick same-day loan place, right? And then uh, the big one was uh, the, the sign it's. You gotta, it's a place I'm totally unfamiliar with, so you know. I mean, I don't, but I understand there's these places called gentlemen clubs. Anybody kind of know what those are? Yeah, I have no clue, just so we're clear. But um, you kind of start getting uncomfortable to the point that we got to this one star hotel. Uh, remember, four to one, not a bad deal. One star hotel, and we got in the room, and it was like, you know, a place to sleep, and, of course, the bolt the door, the chair goes front in, the, in front of the door, you pick up the desk, you move the desk in front of the chair, right? You been there? Been there? Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I think of that night every time now when I get to, uh, to the Christmas story, because, I mean, we don't know the circumstances really with, with Joseph and Mary other than, you know, they had left Nazareth, they had made that, what, 78-mile journey, and and they finally arrive in Bethlehem. We don't know if it's day or night or whatever it is, but but they finally arrive in Bethlehem, and of course, what's the news they get? Sorry. Sorry. No room. I mean, on the one hand, it's understandable, right? It's understandable there'd be no room. After all, the place is packed with people coming for the census. And you know, the the emperor has ordered this whole deal and the whole the whole world is kind of messed up with people traveling and all this stuff happening and so they get there and 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 no room but the the interesting thing is if you think about it all we get is a simple line in the text that just at the bottom it says because there was no room in the inn right she ends up in a barn why well because there's just sorry no rooms but think further about this event Now, now so far, as we've gone through and looked at how messed up this whole situation seems to be, from one thing to another thing to another thing, we also realize that behind every step, behind every occurrence, in the middle of everything that's happening, God is unfolding His purposes. So you've got to step back from this situation and say, Now, wait a minute, the God of the universe can't make a reservation? Or did he make a reservation? Did they end up in exactly the place where they were supposed to end up when they got to Bethlehem? I mean, what does it mean for us to think about the possibility that it was actually the place where their reservation had been made? It was the place where they were supposed to end up. It wasn't just a, sorry, we're full. But the God of the universe was equally unfolding this event and it was his intention and his purpose that the experience take place out back in a barn. How does it happen and what does it say? You see, it shouldn't really surprise us if we know our Old Testament. If, if you go to the prophet Isaiah and you think about what Isaiah prophesied about the one who was to come, the suffering servant who was to come. Remember, he did this hundreds of years before Jesus came into the world, hundreds of years before Joseph and Mary showed up and had to end up in a barn. He said these words. He was hated and rejected. His life was filled with sorrow and terrible suffering. No one wanted to look at him. We despised him and said, he is nobody. Well, if you're nobody, where do you get born? I and mean, if you're nobody, where's the right place for a nobody to be born? In a barn? Out back? Totally vulnerable? I mean, I don't think Joseph and Mary had a had a chair or a desk or a bolt that they could somehow put in front of the door. I mean, they were just there. Out back in the worst of neighborhoods, in a barn. And that's exactly where God chooses to have His Son invade the world. Isn't that incredible? That God purpose. I mean, what's, what's the message that God is trying to say to each one of us every time we hear the story and, and we get that simple line that says, because there was no room for them in the inn, that this child was born out back where a nobody would be born. I mean, nothing happened that night in Bethlehem at least. I mean, you know, there was nobody in Bethlehem that saw this poor couple heading toward the stable and and said, oh, look at that. There's some really important people. Let's offer them our guest room. For everybody else in Bethlehem that night, not only was Jesus a nobody, Joseph and Mary were nobodies. They were just poor people. Poor travelers were forced to be back here because of the emperor's census. They were nothing, and yet they were everything. What does it say to us if we really take seriously the reality that God chose to mess up their reservation and have his son enter the world in a barn? I mean, if you follow the story, the the next thing that happens in the story should give us a hint of what all this is trying to tell us, right? Because what happens next? Not only is he born a nobody out back in the barn, but then all of a sudden, the first people to hear the news about Jesus coming into the world is another group of nobodies. It goes in the text, that night in the fields near Bethlehem, some shepherds were guarding their sheep. And all at once... An angel came down to them from the Lord and the brightness of the Lord flashed all around them and the shepherds were frightened. You bet they were probably frightened. I mean, these were shepherds. You know what the first thing they probably thought? Whoa, we're in trouble. Because they were shepherds. Everybody knew shepherds were unreliable. They could not be trusted. If you were a shepherd, you couldn't even give evidence in court because nobody believed your word. If, if you were a shepherd, you were so far on the, on the edge of society that you weren't even allowed to go to church. You, you weren't even allowed to go to temple. You, if anybody touched the shepherd and they were a holy person, they were, they were now unclean. Shepherds were nobodies. Shepherds, they were the people that you blamed when everything went wrong. If something was missing in town guess who got the blame if somebody got robbed guess who got the blame shepherds they were absolutely nobodies and yet the people that get the direct announcement of what's going on is this group of nobodies isn't it incredible what does it say to us that Jesus comes into the world And it's a group of nobodies that gets the message. And and a message they couldn't miss, right? I mean, the text says, the angel said, don't be afraid. I I got good news for who? For you. I got good news for you outcasts. I got good news for you people that have messed up lives. I I got good good news for you who are distant from God. I I got good news for you who don't religiously measure up. I, I got good news for you. Who feel like your life is an absolute tragedy? I got good news for you. Who look in the mirror and say, Man, I'm a nobody. I got good news for you. And and it will make everybody happy. This very day in King David's hometown, a Savior will be born for you. He is Christ the Lord. And you'll know who He is. Because you'll find him dressed in baby claws lying in a bed of hay just where you'd expect a nobody to be, right? And the sky fills up and the angels make sure that these shepherds can't miss it. I mean, this is incredible, isn't it? Jesus, this Son of God, invades the world as a nobody. And the first people to get the news are a group of... Nobody's Shouldn't surprise us. Shouldn't surprise us, not only from Isaiah, but later on when Jesus grows up. When he grows up and he starts teaching about why he came in Matthew 9, it says, Jesus heard them and answered, Healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. Go and learn what scripture means when you say, Instead of offering sacrifice to me, I want you to be merciful to others. Get this verse. I didn't come to invite good people to be my followers. I came to invite me. Right? Me. He came for shepherds. He came for all of us that look at our life and say, hey, it's not about just housing plans getting messed up. It's about looking at our life and realizing how messed up, how messed up our life becomes. How many times we haven't measured up? How many, how many times we haven't done the right thing? How many times we haven't fulfilled what God dreams in our lives and purposed in our lives? How many times we've said the wrong thing, done the wrong thing? How many times we have looked in the mirror and said, Man, I am nothing. That's the word for us. That's why he was born out back. That's why, why the news came to shepherds. Because it's exactly who Jesus came for. He came for all of us that feel just like those shepherds. And so often look at life absolutely afraid of what's next. And here's the great news. Jesus came not only exactly for us, but he came because we are exactly that. Because we are a group of shepherds he came because we look at our lives and, and stuff happens in our life that we don't want to happen and, and it gets messed up look at what the what Paul wrote to the Corinthians he said, my dear friends remember what you were when God chose you right re- remember how messed up your life was when God chose you re- re- remember how difficult it was when God chose you The people of this world didn't think that many of you were wise. Only a few of you were in any places of power. Not not many of you came from important families. I mean, you didn't measure up even in worldly standards, right? But God chose the foolish things of this world to put the wise to shame. He chose the weak things of this world to put the powerful to shame. Who did he choose? Foolish? Weak, me, outcast, nobody. That's who he chose. He chose each one of us, and in in his choosing us, the amazing things. In his choosing us, all of a sudden, life now becomes absolutely different. That that when we recognize we're the shepherds, when we recognize. That, that we're the nobodies. When we, when we go ahead and admit that our life just doesn't fit the bill and measure up, then all of a sudden God can really start working in our life and do what we can't do. Here's, here's what Matthew said, what Jesus said, if you put yourself above others, you'll be put down. But if you humble yourself, what happens? You'll be honored. You see, when we get out of the way, when we say, sign me up, chief shepherd, God can now work in our lives in ways we never thought or imagined. He can begin doing what we never expect or can't achieve for ourselves. Peter knows it. He says, In fact, everyone should be humble towards everyone else. The scriptures say, he quotes what we've been talking about, God opposed proud people, but he helps everyone who is humble. Be humble in the presence of God's mighty power and he will, look at that, he'll honor you When the time comes, He'll honor you in the right times of your life. This is the incredible news that Jesus was born out back in a manger as a nobody. That the news came to a group of shepherds who are a bunch of nobodies. And He comes exactly for us. And when we release our life, then He can begin to do what we could never do for ourselves. But now having said all this, I know there's, there's some of in your room today who say, "Well, wait a minute, pastor. My my life's actually going pretty good." I was talking to someone uh, this last week and and uh, they were all excited when they they called and talked to me and said, "Hey, I heard you on the radio." Right, you've been listening to the Christmas mix 99.1? Come on, people. We're on the radio. Let's go. Listen to that. Use it. Come on. Yeah, we're on 99.1. Get Two commercials on there this last week. Okay, one was about shepherds, just kind of talking about what we're talking this morning. You know, he came for ordinary people, right? Okay, and then and then the other ones was about messy stuff in our life. You know, uh, we get he came for people with messed up lives, right? And and so I was talking to a person. I said, so which one did you like? I said, oh, I really liked the shepherds one. Ah, that was really good. I like that one. I said, so well, what'd what you think of the other one? Well, you know, it was okay, but I mean, really, my life's not really messed up. You know, it's pretty good. Life's going pretty good for me right now. And that didn't surprise me because this person is an absolute sold-out Christ follower, right? And when you're a sold-out Christ follower, we just heard, what does God do in your life? He lifts you up. He starts honoring you. He's there in the midst of whatever challenge you face. He gives you a way. He finds an opportunity for you, right? So it didn't surprise me a whole lot. But I know at the same time, there's some this morning sitting in the room saying, well, you know, that's a great word, Pastor, for all those shepherds, but I don't I don't think I fit the bill. Here's the good news for you this morning. At the same time that God was trying to reach these shepherds and just blatantly, you know, getting angels in the sky because He knew they'd understand that, at the same time, He was trying to reach people at the other end of the culture. He was trying to reach... The wise and the wealthy. It's in the text. It's in Matthew. When Jesus was born in the village of Bethlehem in Judea, Herod was king, and during during this time, who came? Some wise men, right? Some wealthy, educated, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where's the child to be born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. How awesome is God? that at the same time he's putting angels in the sky so these uneducated shepherds can get the word and understand what's going on. For months before, he has been trying to reach the wise and the educated and the wealthy in the world with a star. Because he knew they'd respond to that. And they did. They came to Jerusalem looking for the king, and when the when, when the star kept going, they kept following the star after Jerusalem, and, and they listened, and the star had them... Go more to the east, and they went ahead. Went ahead of them, and, and they got to the place, and they were thrilled and they were excited, because of what was going on? Isn't God amazing? See, if you're, you're sitting here this morning, you say, "Well, okay, I'm a shepherd. I'm absolutely great. You heard the word today. Fantastic. Jesus came into the world for you." But if you're sitting here this morning, you're saying, "Well, you know, life's pretty good. I, I feel like God is honoring me, and everything's going. That's fantastic." But guess what? He came for you as well. He came to speak to us no matter where we are in life, whether we're shepherd or whether we look at ourselves and think we're wise men, no matter what's going on in our life, He came to speak to each one of us. We had uh, amazing thing, you know, with Live Nativity last night, and, uh, uh, you know, we had like 650 people in the building last night, and uh, one, of, one of our folks was uh, talking to a visitor uh, over Chile, you know, they were talking, and... Uh, she, of course, our member was telling her about our ministry and everything going on. And uh, finally the woman said, well, you know, I just, I kind of have one, one thing I need to ask. And she's like, oh, great, you know, ask away. she said, well, I, I understand to become a member at Christ Church, there's a fee. Did you ever hear about that? Somebody don't like us out there. <laughs> Making them nervous. I understand it. To be part of Christ's church, there's a, a fee. And of course, you know, our member responded, as I would, say, no, 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 not at all. No, there's no fee. Absolutely not. Tell somebody, whoever told you that, they're wrong. There's no fee. But you know what? I, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about that. And you know what? There is a fee. And it's the same fee that shepherds and wise men freely gave. The same fee shepherds and wise men would freely give. If you look at the text, when these guys went to the house and they saw the child of Mary, his mother, what did they do? They knelt down and they worshiped him and they took out their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh and they gave them to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, there is a fee and it's such a simple fee to get on your knees. And to give Jesus Christ everything that you are. Isn't that the fee? To get on your knees, whether you're a shepherd or whether you're a king, and say, I am totally yours. Whatever life holds, I know you came into the world to be with me in the midst of it, and you will honor me in all circumstances. Isn't that the fee? To say simply, Jesus Christ is Lord. And the wise men did it. And the shepherds did it. And and look at these shepherds. These, these guys whose life was a mess. Look at these shepherds when they went back. The text says, as the shepherds returned to their sheep, they were doing what? Man, their life was totally different. They returned, and their life was honored and lifted up, and they were praising God, and they are saying wonderful things about Him, and, and they were talking about everything they'd seen, and they were living on the promises of the angel, and they knew whatever God had said would be true because they went and they saw it, and everything that they saw and everything they heard was just as the angel told them. These guys had changed lives. Why? Because God was honoring them. That's what He does. When we take the circumstances and the mess of our lives and we understand that Jesus came to be a nobody. He came into the lives of nobodies. Wise men or shepherd. When we just give him everything that we are, he will honor us and he will lift us up and he'll work in ways we could never imagine or accomplish. Shepherd. Wise men, one gift. Give up everything that you are. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for your incredible goodness that that you would choose to come to us, whether we are shepherds or wise men, whether life is just really difficult right now and pretty messed up or whether life is good and flowing well. You, you, you came to be in the middle of whatever it is we face and to reassure us that, that we won't take one step or one breath without your presence. So, Father, we ask now, as Jesus came into the world in that outback place, invade our lives. We just want to confess our sin. We want to confess how we've messed up. And we know we don't measure up at all. But because of who you are and your love for us and what Jesus did for us on a cross, we know our lives can be better. So we bend our knees. We bow our hearts. And we open up to you and say, Jesus, receive everything that we are. Amen.